Welcome to the Bergstrom Bunch Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Kathy. One thing that we've seen over the last couple years is it's kind of hard to know who to trust. <laughs> you used to be able to trust something because you saw or it on the news. Trust, <laughs> or what to trust. Yeah. yeah, you used to be able to trust something because someone had a degree, like a doctor, <laughs> and, or because they were a religious leader. Oh. And now it's this conflict of do I trust this news source or that news source? Well, I think if if nothing else, what 2020 taught us is how quickly things that we put our trust in can just be demolished. You oh. know, you put your trust in the stock market, you put your trust in your job, you put your trust in leaders, you put your trust in news sources, and all of that's in flux. Everything's changing. And we saw that in 2020 where everything just, we didn't even know what to trust in. Trust is difficult. Yes. Now, I grew up in a home where we learned to trust. We learned to trust God. We knew we could trust our parents. Uh, there was a lot of trust. We were s- supposed to trust our siblings. That didn't always go as planned, but that was the goal. Um, your growing up experience was a little bit different than mine. Oh, a lot, a lot a bit different. So where you had a stable environment and you were able to trust in the consistency and dependability of the, the people that were raising you that you were dependent on. Um, in contrast, I didn't have that. My parents were 15 and 17 when they had me. So their their history, um, it, dysfunctional history, came into play as in their parenting. And so for me, I was the recipient of all of that. So there was nothing that I could count on. Um, sometimes parents wouldn't come home at night. Oftentimes there wasn't food in the house. Um, there was a variety of types of abuses that I experienced growing up. And even you mentioned... Um, like you learn to trust God. Uh, for me, I wasn't raised in the early years knowing anything about God. And then my first introduction actually to the concept was when my dad married my stepmother. And, um, and so when we would go and visit on the weekends, she would, uh, my brother and I slept on the couches that were in their living room. We didn't have a room there. And she would take us through, you know, the Hail Mary and the, uh, our father and that sort of thing. And so really, actually, that was the first time that I sort of sensed uh, like a, a little bit of a, a family experience was when we were thinking about the idea of God. And of course, it, this is reflecting upon it. I didn't think about it fully then. It just felt like a more stable environment. Um, of course, later on, when I chose to live with my dad, um, that very much changed. The very person who was trying to introduce me to God, who would have been a, a leader for me at that point in time, um, became very, very mentally and emotionally abusive for me. And so when you're living in a home where you feel like you're the enemy, um, oh. I'm, I'm living with people that don't even want me or a specific person that doesn't even want me. Any activity, yeah, any activity that I went to, anything I stepped into, whether it was cheerleading, I had no no parent that showed up. Uh, when I got into speech and debate, I had no parent that showed up. I oh. was doing everything on my own. I was leading everything on my own. So quickly, my disposition towards trust uh, developed into kind of this idea that, you know, I think the only person I can trust is myself, which 
obviously over time you realize, no, you can't even trust in you because everything is relative to your emotions and, you know, whatever's going on in the moment. And for me, when I got into the club scene, sometimes it's, oh, I can depend on me until I have a few drinks in me. And then next thing you know, you're doing things Uh-oh. that you would never do. <laughs> well, and some of the, some of my backdrop was brought up in the last episode. And so everyone will need to listen to that. By the way, I need to have a disclaimer for the last episode because apparently some thought that Brittany was eating butter out of the margarine container when she was a teenager. And so she was a little bitter about that. She was actually two and three years old. So I just need to bring that up that she was not a teenager eating butter out of the can- container. And if she was, I don't know about it. So anyway, um, but just going back to our topic of, of trust, that's where the differences for you and I came from. And and even for me, by the time I, I got to a place where I was ready to give God a chance, and that's a whole story in its own right. Um, it, it was not as though I trusted immediately. The main reason I even gave God an opportunity um, to, I would say gave him the opportunity to earn my trust was because I had a daughter and I didn't want to replicate where I came from. I didn't want to be for her what what others were for me. I wanted her to have something more, something dependable, something consistent, and I didn't know how to do that on my own. So God brought us together, and we had to learn how to trust each other. (laughs) Yeah, and that was harder for me than for you because of where I came from. It was really hard for me to open myself up even to trusting a man after having been hurt so many times throughout my life. Any male figure that I had in my life, I I was really devastated by any relationship with a man. And, I, you know, most of my story. I don't know if I shared this part of it though with you. I mean, we've been married so long and maybe I have, but there was, there was a time I did have, I was in a relationship, um, where the guy that I was with actually did hit me. And maybe, did I tell you about that? I'm, I think I did. You may, you maybe have yeah. forgotten it, but anyway, um, where he actually hit me and, and I hit him back. I was like, no, what, what, <laughs> you know, no. and I hit him back. And actually that was truly too, when I realized, um, okay, I, I can't count on or trust anybody um, other than myself. And so really the idea of being in a relationship, engaging in any relationships of any kind, it was kind of um, the mentality of, I got to look out for me. I got to take care of me. I, I got to, if, if things start feeling like, oh, you're not dependable or you're doing this or you're going in that direction, I was always very guarded and it was really all about um, trying to make sure that I got my needs met and trust was not part of that. Yeah, so learning to trust each other, that's a process. But God also brought us through a process of trusting in Him. And I think that was really accelerated when we got married and we got into the only apartment that would have us. Uh, okay, hold on, but we've got we got to roll back to our dating time a little bit because even during our dating time, it was you had you had the trust of your parents. And they trusted you had never dated anyone. So when you and I got together, it was pretty crazy. And people in the church were freaking out. And, you know, all this stuff was going on. And yet your parents had to trust that you were hearing from God and enable you to make that decision. And so that that, that was really significant because not only had not only did you have had you learned trust in such a way, but you had earned trust in people seeing that you are also dependable and consistent. And so they trusted in your judgment and your ability to lead in in whatever situation you were in. Yep. Well, trust is built over a long time. Um, 
And when I think about God teaching us to trust in him, and when we stepped into life together, I was going to college, <laughs> and you were making the money. And I was making the money. The money. Not a lot of money. <laughs> probably $7 an hour, if I recall correctly. So, and our rent was $605 a month, plus car and insurance and electricity and plus, plus, phone plus. And, and so yeah. it added up phone, to- Phone, <laughs> dial-up phone, by the way. Yeah, it added up <laughs> to us being pretty poor. And there were a lot of moments where I remember just us working as hard as we could, being living frugally. Okay, I just need to give people an idea of how poor we were. Okay, so these, uh, I just, I, this story always stands out to me when, um, when I wanted to take $5 and go to garage sales. And I came in and I told you because we had Living made large, a, we huh? had made a decision that we would consult each other on money, even though I was making the money. But anyway, um, so I went to you and I said, "Oh, I just want to take five dollars and go to the garage sales," and you said, "No, I couldn't." You told me no, and I not no like a that's, dictator, but you just that's five loaves you, of you bread. Said, right? <laughs> you said no, I, no, you can't. And I remember being so frustrated, so upset, and I go into the kitchen and I just start vigorously doing the dishes and just kind of in my head going who is he to tell me I can't spend the money I'm the one making the money and I'm thinking all of this stuff and getting myself riled up and then you come in and you just hug me from behind and said honey I, I wish you could take five dollars and go to the garage sales and I just remember going I know we're so poor and just being so sad um, but at the same time just honestly that that also increased the trust that I had in you that you were uh, that you were understanding and you weren't gonna you weren't going to retaliate towards me in any capacity that I wanted well, to spend money well I'm gonna make it up to you this weekend uh, you can take ten dollars <laughs> out and um, yeah go wild um, I think it's gotta have, be 20 inflation uh, oh, baby come on inflation okay we're gonna have to wrestle over that one (laughs) so just so many moments where I struggled I felt like as uh, I'm hardwired to be the provider and the protector and there's so many times where I felt like I wasn't able to provide even after that first semester of college when because you we were expecting uh, Kylie uh, I had to work and working as hard as I could uh, we live frugally uh, but we were generous. We were giving to the church. And so we were we were doing everything in our power to do things right. And we yeah. kept coming up short over and over. Yeah. And I remember one uh, instance where our electric bill was $20 to give an idea of how frugally we lived. In four years in that apartment, we turned on our <laughs> air conditioner two times. Okay. Well, so people need to know that we got married in 1994. So this was the 90s. So just to give that context. And, um, and so it was obviously the cost of living was a bit different then. But most people at that point in time their electric bills were at least $50. Oh, yeah. So for us to have a $20 bill, we were really conservative. Not not only not only did we deny ourselves certain other things, but even AC. And of course, in San Diego, AC is not an issue until it does get hot. And especially when I was pregnant and not yeah, having... Not, not, not Florida not, hot. Not San Diego Florida hot, hot San Diego hot. But San Diego can get hot yeah. oftentimes. So anyway, so to to deny ourselves that was that was a luxury yeah. that other people Pinching had. Pinching those pennies. We, yes. So we had, this, hard. <laughs> we had this electric bill that was $20. And we also had $20 to our name. 
and we were That's at right. a church service. <laughs> it was an evening church service, and there was a missionary from the Middle East. I don't remember what country, but I do remember him sharing about his experiences and, and times that God had shown up in the middle of what they were doing. And as he was talking, you started asking me how much money I had on me. And I'm always after your money, baby. <laughs> I was trying to whisper to you that... Married you for your money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if that was the case, that would have been a poor decision. The whole piggy bank that you had. <laughs> but um, you, I was trying to whisper in the middle of this service that our electric bill was $20, and that's all the money we had, and the bill was due that week. So all the money we had was going to the bill. There was The bottom line was there was nothing to give. Yeah. And you asked me for my wallet. And <laughs> I knew that if God was laying it on your heart, then we were just going to have to trust God. And so I handed you my wallet and I watched our $20 for the electric bill go in the, the offering plate. And I just decided, look. And all if, you could look at is bye-bye 20. If, How are we going to If, we, if the lights bill? get turned off, we're just going to have to deal with that because we're being obedient. Mm-hmm. And on our way out of church after the, the service, um, there's a gentleman, Pete, who gave me a handshake. He said, I've been thinking about you guys. And in that handshake, it was a little different. I could feel something in that handshake. And I, when he let go, I, uh, I looked and he had slipped a $20 bill into my hand. Now, Pete didn't know about our situation. He knew we were not well off, but he didn't know. We had just given away our, our last $20. But it was showing us that God was going to provide, that God was going to make a way if we were obedient. Mm -hmm. And we saw him show up in a lot of small ways like that. Very unexpected ways. Yeah. Oh, what about the time when you got all upset at me because you thought about brownie mix? Why don't you tell that story? (laughs) So, again, we had come home in the evening. I think it was from another evening church service to our second-story apartment, which we always locked up. But... I remember you were pregnant uh, very far along, and you were sitting in the green Lazy Boy chair that someone gave us, and I was going to find something to eat. So I went and opened the cupboards, and right in front of me was a box of brownie mix. <laughs> now, this was not your, this was not the 99 cents. So you, store. you thought I was having pregnancy cravings or something. <laughs> this was Giradelli brownie mix. So this was the good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, this was not the dollar store um, box of brownie mix. So I asked you, hun, what are you doing? buying brownie mix because we were on a rice and beans budget oh, yeah. and here you were splurging <laughs> except that you didn't buy the brownie mix no i did so not we, we had so the, we went back and the forth. dumbest little I I argument ever brownie yeah mix. <laughs> <laughs> and and i don't do grocery shopping i knew it wasn't me and so finally you got your pregnant self up off the chair and came over <laughs> and opened the cupboards and they were all that reenactment was pretty nice <laughs> belly first um, but the cupboards were full of food mm-hmm. as well as the refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> so somehow with our apartment, leaving it locked, coming back to it locked, uh, it became full. Our kitchen filled up with food while we were gone. Yeah. Another instance of God showing up, God providing. Yes. And for us, we didn't tell people what our need was. And I'm not saying that's a wrong thing. We just felt like we needed to pray when we had a need rather than advertise it. Yeah. Well, there were times when we did share certain needs that we had, but uh, more often than not, 
Um, we didn't because we just trusted that God was going to provide and he assured us that he was going to provide and he just laid things on people's hearts randomly that that reinforced that thought that okay when we pray God God really does answer in unexpected ways and that really built our trust and faith in him yeah one time I brought the car in to have the tires balanced because it was driving funny and in the tire shop the guy called me into the 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 back room to show me the car up on the rack and he said I got to point something out to you and he showed me the tires were so bald that the cords were showing through he said look I can't balance these tires because that's not the issue they're worn out and he, he said I saw that there was a car seat in the car and he said I would encourage you to n- not drive these <laughs> there was oh just one car seat I have not multiple <laughs> I don't know he saw that we had kids and he said, I would encourage you to not drive this car. He said, let me let me give you, let me just work up a good deal on tires for you. This, this is a common size. I, I could get a good deal for you. And so he, he did. He worked up a great deal. But as he was working up this deal, I knew it didn't matter unless he said. Because we didn't have the money Unless anyway. he said $40 <laughs> for four tires, we, I would have to tap out. And so he came back, and I think it was close to $200 for four tires, balanced, mounted. Mm. And I told him, I, I thanked him, and I left. He said, look, <laughs> please, <laughs> uh, this is the, I'm, I'm not trying to rip you off. I'm not trying to sell you something. I just want, this is the best deal you're going to yeah. find in town. And I believed him. Yeah. I just didn't have the money. Yeah. And, of course, she came home and told me, don't drive the car. <laughs> don't drive the car. And We're going to have to walk And everywhere. I was so sad. But I, And I wonder if that was during the time that we, we walked to church. Although, no, we walked oh, to yeah, church on the regular. Oh, yeah, we from church. Yeah, yeah. And so and people thought we didn't even have a car. <laughs> so and we lived was... across the store, the street from a grocery store. Yes. And, and Taco Bell. But, yes, uh, the grocery so we, store, Smart and Final. Okay, we, we can do, get around. Okay, do you remember when we went there and we bought that bag of imitation mozzarella cheese because we were making pizzas that night that never melted that never melted we even put it on broil and it never melted I, yeah. anyway we thought we, were, make it out of plastic. we thought we were stretching our dollars by buying that bag of imitation cheese well back to our tires the car sat in our our parking spot at the apartment and we we walked for a few days but there was a lady in our church who um, shortly after I got the bid on tires, she had a sleepless night. She she had trouble sleeping because she felt impressed by God that she was supposed to buy us two tires for mm-hmm. our car. I remember now, that. it wasn't sleepless because that was a huge burden for her, but because it seemed very odd. Why would yeah. God have me buy two tires? Because when I put tires on my car, she thought I'd replace all four. And so, but she just kept having this impression. And the yeah. weirdness of it is what kept her up all night. Now, she ran a daycare, and she had a friend from the church who worked with her. And when that friend showed up for work, uh, she shared with her friend what God had laid on her heart. And her friend said, you know, funny thing, Hmm. I couldn't sleep last night either Hmm. because God laid the same request on my heart. And then the ladies knew why it was so weird because Mm -hmm. God wanted to use both of them together. And so without telling people our need, God provided for brand new tires for our car. So I went back to that guy and yes. uh, God God showed up. God was showing us that we could trust in him. Oh yeah. And he always he always has. 
I mean, through that whole journey, I just, aside from the fact that he showed us through providing for us, he showed us in a lot of the relationships that we built in the church community with people who also loved and served him. And so I think that when we step into that relationship with with God and he brings us into a community where um, other people are just as as committed and and. Um, hungry to know him more and they're yielding to obedience to him and trusting him also that then we we learn even more so how to trust other people relationally and so that that for me really made a huge difference especially developing relationships with your parents and uh, you know trusting them in my life in ways that I had never been able to trust my own parents and um, you know it, it just I think that just coming back to the the topic of trust when when you spent when you spend the your formative years, your developmental years, and and those oftentimes for most of us, you know, up until we even leave our parents' house, um, not being able to trust, not being able to depend on anyone, it, it really it changes the trajectory of where you're going to go in life in a general sense. So at least for myself, and I and I have heard stories from other people that when you do open yourself to trusting God truly and wholly in in that level of commitment and dependency, it opens you up to trusting that not that people aren't going to hurt you, but that in the hurt that God has the ability to cleanse that pain. And then he's going to move you through it. And that I didn't have to, I didn't have to fear trusting people anymore, because even if they, even if they break that trust, I, I was rooted and grounded in someone that was bigger than all of that that I fully could put my trust in and depend on. And so, you know, that was very healing for me, especially given where I came from. And you know, with the inconsistency of what we have going on in the world, in particular today, just knowing that. I, I have a God that is trustworthy, and I've seen that trust uh, that that trust not only built, but His dependability over the years has just uh, you know it's it it kind of gives you the stability that you otherwise would not have. Yeah, there's a game I used to play with the kids when they were little. Is I'd stand them on the counter and make them jump to me, <laughs> and now Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, if he if he saw me, he assumed I could catch him. But the girls sometimes. You had to have your hands in their armpits before they yes, would jump. Yep. But then you inch away, you inch away until you increase that distance. Yes. And it's it's they're building trust in you. Oh, I'll and, never forget the time Caleb jumped to me even, and I wasn't even turned towards him. <laughs> I was turned towards the other side of the wall, and he just jumped. <laughs> so I was never great at baseball, but Caleb, uh, as a toddler, or uh, <laughs> kind of that toddler baby stage, um, taught me some nice diving catches to <laughs> save, just to save his life. Uh, he was fearless. Oh my word. He was fearless. He was nuts. But, you know, I think of that game of having, inching back to teach the kids greater levels of trust. We saw God doing the same thing with us because God had to take us beyond trusting him for $20 uh, for tires to bigger things. But it was those early moments where God was was establishing something, was teaching us something yes. and, and stretching that trust, helping it to grow and expand yeah. and, and to know that he had it. And, you know, one thing I would say, well, a couple of things, but one that was very important is that when a need came up, there's that temptation to get on government assistance. Sure. There's that temptation to open a line of credit. You, you put sure. it on a credit card yeah. and that... I don't have to worry about it today. I don't have to worry Absolutely. about it for a month or more. Um, that, or that, you know, there's there's lots of ways to meet the need. 
And well, we're creatures of self-reliance. We want to be able to rely, rely on our ability to provide for whatever it is we need. So dependency, and, and what's ironic is dependency on God does not come easily, but for many, dependence on government comes a little bit easier. And I guess that's because, you know, that money is readily available. You don't need to other than fill out paperwork and, you know, wait for that approval. Um, which you know is going to come, um, there's a little bit of a waiting period. But with God, not being able to see it, not not being able to, n- not having some something structurally set up that guarantees yeah. a certain you know outcome yeah, is much more challenging. Yeah, if the government sends you monthly money, you know what day it's coming you on. Do. But, you do. You know when exactly God, what day it's When you're it's trusting coming. on God, you don't know when, you don't know how. Yeah. It's going to be a surprise. Yep. And well, and sometimes as we talk about God working in unexpected ways, I just think even of when you had your motorcycle and and then it was stolen. And so a $300 I, motorcycle, a $300 yeah. motorcycle. Gone. Yeah. Uh, big spender there. But anyway, so when that was stolen and we were down to one vehicle and that made it even more challenging. We had children at that time, too. And so um, I just remember thinking, oh, OK, God, what? Why? Well, you yeah. know, we need this transportation. Jason needs to get to work. Why did you allow this to happen? And, um, you know, and so I, I had to transition from the mentality of asking why to just trusting that, okay, if you if you allowed this to happen, you're going to provide for us in another way that I, I don't see right here, right yeah. now. And so, and lo and behold, of course, the, the motorcycle was recovered, yep. uh, uh, not in primo shape, was, albeit. But, I received uh, a call from the de- the detective, I believe, and he asked me, he said, what What do you want for this guy? Would you want him to spend a night in jail, six months in jail? And I said, I don't care. I just want him to pay back the value of the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And so I calculated up what it would cost to paint it back to its original, to replace the muffler he had ruined and the engine damage and take the, take the paint off the engine and replace the tool kit. Yeah. And so I added it all up. I sent in receipts. Only gets $1,200 for me to get it back to that $300 motorcycle condition. <laughs> and so that's that's what they ordered him to do. Yeah. And so every month I, we received a $25 check. Yes. Minus the county's And fee. I always looked yeah. forward to that 20, yeah, that so 23 $23.48 yes. check every well, month. Well, back then that was, you know, a tank of gas and groceries. So Two months really, worth of electricity. So that <laughs> was that was consistent income for a time. So not to say that if, if something is stolen from you, that automatically God is going to um, provide retribution for you, but that there are times that, well, that in, in, in instances when things like that happen, that you can trust that God has a purpose in it or he's growing you through it, but that there's a reason. Well, I would say when you put God first, when you trust in him, you just don't know how he's going to come through, but he does because as we learn in scripture, that's what he promises. Yeah. He, Jesus said, do not worry. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Yes. Or drink, He's, because look at the sparrows of the field. They don't lay, they don't yeah. store away, they don't sow, but the, your heavenly Father feeds them. And don't worry about what you're going to wear. Look at the flowers of the field. Yeah, Jesus said, "Not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed as beautifully as these." So don't yeah. worry about tomorrow. Well, I think too that you know we trust. 
we trust in people's credentials too. So, I mean, if you decide to get a personal trainer, you're trusting in that person's ability to be able to train you. If you go to a counselor or you go to a grocery store, you're trusting in that counselor's ability to give you, to counsel you in a way that's going to move you from point A to point B, whatever issues you might have. If you go to a grocery store, you trust that there are going to be groceries there. And I, so I think that we're talking a lot about God's provision, but I, I think more so even being able to trust and rely on the consistency of his character and um, and being able to be transformed and changed in who we are because we are, are trusting that we're becoming more like him. So what we are receiving from him, what we read in his word, that as we apply that, that we can depend on the fact that that is going to change us, that we're going to be able to release, you know, because I gave, when I came to him, I had a lot of hurt a lot of unforgiveness. I I was about to cut off a relationship with one of my parents, um, and because it had been so toxic, and and uh, and so at that juncture, though, when I when I said, "Okay, God, I'm going to trust you," He told me, "Okay, you need to forgive this parent and not just cut him off." And my brother had already cut this parent out of his life, and so anyway, um, you know, so I was just going to do that as well, just easy. And so God took me through a process of, of forgiving and in doing that and, and depending on him to help me through that, I, I changed. I became completely different on the inside in reference to my disposition towards that parent and even kind of making it a goal to love that person the way Jesus loved me, wow. to give to that person what I received from God because I trusted that God was going to reward me for that. So me me giving up the right to punish that person and giving it to God, I could trust that God was going to uh, be faithful with that. And and there's just so much freedom in, in having that level of trust rather than, like I said, the Hail Marys and uh, um, you know just a recitation of our Father. And, yeah. and it just makes God so much, it makes God's relationship with us aloof. Like he, he can't relate to us and yet he can. And, you know, Jesus went, when he walked on this earth, he went through betrayal. He went through experiencing a lot of hurt and pain um, from people around him. So this is where God fully identifies with what we have going on. And he's saying, trust me, trust me in the provision because that, and that's something that is huge for us because we want to be, we want to have stability. We want to feel like, okay, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, I'm going to have groceries. I'm, you know, I'm going to have transportation. I'm going to have a roof over my head. So all of those things are crucial and vital. Um, But I think that even without some of those things, whether you have a car or not, or you have the kind of house that you'd like to have, or you want to move in this direction or that direction, as far as your financial condition, even more so you can trust that, but, but I'm becoming a better person. I'm becoming a godly person. I'm becoming a reflection of um, the God that I serve. And because of that, I have something to give the world, even if it's not money, even if it's not stuff. I'm, I'm more than that. Yeah. One thing you touched on is that when you trust God, there's things you have to do because of that. If you trust what he asks you to do, like forgive, you have to be obedient to that. I think I just want to give a few things for people that would say, well, what does that look like? How can I step into a greater degree of trusting God? And one thing that I would say is that we touched on is you have to put him first. You have to go to him first. 
when we had a sickness or an well, injury. Well, elabor- elaborate a little bit on that. When you say put him first, I what especially for people who maybe um, who they don't have an immediate need right now. We do live in a culture where we we kind of want for nothing, you know. So when I guess elaborate a little bit more when you talk about. Um, uh, putting your trust in him and being obedient to his word, where, do, where does that start for some people? Well, that would start with knowing his word and, and just starting to dive into his word, starting to read and understanding uh, who God is and Cause, developing I mean, for that me, relationship for me, it's, with him. I know it's going to be different for everyone, but for me, when I came to that place where I was willing to place my trust in him, and I didn't even know what that looked like, but so I did, I opened up scripture and I just started looking at my life and, you know, mirroring it to what, what God's word outlined was a life that he had for me to live. Then, you know, right out of the gates, I had so many things I had to give up. I mean, I, all the boyfriends that I had and just the lifestyle that I was living that had to go. So those were easy things for me. I had already been convicted for a while that, okay, this is not a sustainable life. Um, but then uh, beyond that, I and of course for me I went through an identity crisis actually when I when I finally made that commitment because if I wasn't this person who was clubbing and had all the boyfriends and what each one met a need for me in certain ways you know they all had money and there was like some sort of sense of stability that I was trying to provide for myself through those relationships if that wasn't me and I didn't have all of that who who am I so I even was entrusting to God to develop for me a whole new identity and that that was very significant, and uh, and so just having scripture come to life for me, yeah. and um, you know, and, and and I just think of even uh, just so many verses in scripture that that were put in there specifically for the purpose of us becoming what we would say better people, but for God, it's no, you're you're becoming godly people, you're becoming like me. And one of my favorite verses, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And there's so much promise in those verses, actually, that I don't think people realize. And I just took that and ran with it, and I defined each one for me. What does it mean to trust in the Lord with my whole heart? To not lean on my understanding of the things of the world or the way things are done, but to lean on his um, you know, in all my ways, acknowledge him in all my ways. I mean, that's an evaluation process that is like, whoo, do I even, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that then you start evaluating every little thing. And at least for myself, I did. And the promise, though, is, and he will direct your path, meaning that you can count on him. You can count on him for anything you're facing, for any person, any personal issues that you have. Um, individually but then relationally as well and there's just so much promise in being able to trust in a God who is dependable and trustworthy like ours absolutely so I would challenge someone who's would say I I don't have that much trust or faith Um, you know certainly reading scripture um, being involved in faith community uh, but to pray and to ask God to help them develop that relationship, develop that trust. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. it might mean God brings them through some difficult things. Oh, and and <laughs> to when, be sure. when that happens, as we mentioned, to rely on him first. Medical mm-hmm. needs, first line of defense is prayer. 
I'm not saying don't call the doctor, don't take someone to the hospital. I'm saying, first of all, pray. Because we've yes. seen God heal in some yes. instances where the, the hospital and the doctor should have been involved, but we saw God heal first. And pray believing that Jesus is capable. I think that we miss out on so many miracles. I mean, I, I believe in medicine. I, I believe Absolutely. I believe doctors have are definitely equipped you know, um, but I think we miss out on a lot of the miraculous because we automatically go to that resource rather than first praying and and then seeking God. Should we go beyond just this prayer? Yeah, well, I, I think there's so many instances where had we made it our own way, instead of waiting on God, put it on a credit card, borrow from a friend, um, run to the medicine that we put God first mm-hmm. and those are the moments we saw God come through and show Absolutely. up. And oh, unequivocally. That's, <laughs> that's the but moments you know, but that I, built our So faith. I guess for for those that are listening in, I don't want anyone to feel like we're minimizing um, just how hard that is because yeah. it really is. The temptation to just do things our way, to make it happen ourselves is so great. And so I think it's all about baby steps. Trust here, trust there. It's not, it's not perfection, it's progression. Yep. And... To, uh, like I said, when I finally got to that point where I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, but every man in my life has broken my trust, so don't fail me. Yeah. Um, but when I finally when I finally crossed that threshold and I did that, then it was just, it was the little things, the little things, and consistently, and I failed. I had, you know, you do good, you fail, you do good, you fail. I, we all go through that process, but the, uh, but the point of it is, that even when I wasn't always faithful, he was. He never gave up on me, and he never, uh, he never, he always followed through on promises. Yeah. And so that that's the reason that we are where we are where we are at today, as far as our relationship with each other, and then um, you know our our relationship um, with the world around us. Yeah. And we just hope for you listening that our story helps challenge you in your faith, but but ultimately your faith is going to have to be developed between you and God like it was for us. And so this is just a motivation to help you take that step yep. to put God first, to trust, to allow him to take you through those baby steps of growing and stretching your faith yep. in the same way that he stretched ours. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And certainly um, send us send us comments, messages. If there's anything that you'd like to us to elaborate on in the future, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, we just our greatest desire is that our journey, our story helps other people. And in the process, also, we're, we're remembering everything that we've journeyed through, which is kind of fun as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you back on a future episode real soon. (laughs)